Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. It's game review time and we are bringing you five things you missed in Burnley nil, Chelsea 4. Now here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. Ooh, what a weekend in terms of football. I mean, I saw some cracking goals for the MLS where a scissor kick is, it's almost standard now. It's almost standard you see one every weekend. Uh, I also witnessed my Seattle Sounders lose again. So I smile, but I'm dying inside at that season. But let's talk Chelsea. Uh, we do have a sort of a new format to how we review a game. Can't wait to get into this one. I was going to say guys, but there's only Chris because uh, Berth's not feeling too good. So we wish him all the best. Uh, how was your weekend though, Chris? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, missed the game on Saturday because I was at work. I think that's the first time this season I've actually missed a game. It's them 3 p.m. kickoffs. Back. Yeah, it is. They're not. They're not good. They're not good for me. To be fair, what's on a Sunday? Oh. Um, yeah, but managed to catch the highlights. Obviously, so a win, and that almost makes my weekend a bit better. That 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 is what matters. It's the it's the uh, it's the small victories over a weekend. Um, mine ended with me breaking my headphones, so that was me upset. Yeah. No one cares, but hey, I, I care. <laughs> I was gutted. And then I bought some from Amazon and they were just awful. And then I couldn't watch Netflix and see small world problems for me. Uh, <laughs> right. New style of review going forward. And it will be a, a things we learned from the game in question. Uh, by that, it could be something trivial, stat, a performance that we missed or uh, you get the idea. But we'll get into it. Chelsea had a 3 p.m. kickoff, which um, we've already discussed just. But uh, look, I always say that they're, they're rare. And upon research, out of 26 games, we've played seven at 3 p.m. this season. Six were won, one was drawn. Spoilers for obviously the Burnley game there. Uh, the one drawn was as well against Burnley. So, hmm. But hey, we headed to Turf Moor in that lovely third kit to take on Burnley. With uh, Rhys James and still and scores! It's a wonderful goal from Rhys James. There is that moment of magic that they required to separate the sides here. Back in the team and back on the score sheet. Burnley nil, Chelsea four, King Kai at the double, pull the cliche out the bag. It was a game of two halves. Chris, was it a strange feeling to be watching a Chelsea game and be relatively relaxed before an hour had even gone? Yes. But the first half was possibly one of the worst games I think I've ever seen. Oh, it was a tale of two halves, wasn't it? It really was like. I, I'm really struggling at the minute to understand why we can we can put in such good performances in cup games mm. and then in league games it's like we can have really good spells in the game but then we can have halves like the first half against Burnley I, I just don't understand because the first half and second half was a complete contrast in how we were using the ball the speed of play I don't know why these players have to wait until, I'm assuming, they got a bit of a, a telling off. A little bit, yeah, that's for certain. From Tuchel. 
I don't know why they have to wait for that to perform like they did in the second half. But mm. to be fair, if you look at all the goals, I think it's oh, it, something I've been saying for a while that you watch us play going forward, especially, and we really overcomplicate the game. And if you look at all four of our goals against Burnley, well, no, three out of the four, I would say. Reese James's was an unbelievable individual goal. But the other three goals, we just did the simple thing. We worked the ball from one side to the other and put a ball in the box and then said to someone, attack it. And we did, and we scored. But then other times, we'll, we'll get in that same position and the ball will go backwards and then it'll go out the other side and we won't put the cross in. Then it'll come back again and we'll end up back with Rudiger or Thiago Silva on the halfway line. I just don't understand why for large parts of the season and for large parts in games let's be honest we really overcomplicate our attack yeah i mean it really was one of those meme games where it was they had us in the first half not gonna lie i mean nil nil at half time you can't be yeah it, it to be fair i was shocked by their team selection maxwell Cornet was on the bench i thought he would cause us problems and he yeah, didn't come on until about 60 or so minute to see Ashley Barnes turn up coming up to the 80th minute, I thought, well, we know what he gives us. He's a nightmare whenever he, he plays against us. But, you know, positives. I mean, Rhys James, you know, that performance is reminding us all yet again that I, I, I'm saying it, we would be title challengers if not for those injuries to not just him, but also Chilwell. You know, Reese is absolute class. I, I would take him over Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's solid defensively, solid going forward. He's so strong. He's fast. He's great with the ball at his feet. I mean, I keep ticking off these boxes. He was incredible, and he showed what we were missing whilst he was out, didn't he? Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's not just his own performances. It's the fact that he gets more from other people. It's mm. for, I think since both him and Chilwell got injured, it's really it's highlighted more... Uh, lack of good delivery in the final third and if you look at the way James crosses the ball on the days when he's on it because I have been critical of him before that he does have games where for every good cross he puts in he'll put in 10 terrible ones but on his on his good days like against Burnley mm -hmm. when we can get him in those I think he's better actually the narrower he becomes, if he, I, I think he's always, I think he's incredibly good at crossing from in and around being inside the penalty area, if you know what I mean, rather yes. than being yeah. right out on the touchline. Um, when he comes into those positions, because he can go either way, he can get a shot off, and the ball in for Havertz, his second goal, is the exact sort of service that you want if you're a forward. If you're a, a centre-forward, if you're a winger getting in there, even if you're a midfielder, that is a ball that says, put me in the goal. And, I mean, Havertz didn't even have to do anything. He literally just let it hit him and it went in. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That, that is a, that's a proper assist. That's, that pass has made the goal. And we've I mean... said loads of times that in these games, we've always struggled to get the first goal. And yes, 100%. I don't think that game ends 4-0 mm. if we don't get that first goal that early in the second half. 
It's that momentum. Um, yeah, and it wasn't just because it wasn't a well worked team goal. I mean, some of the build up play was okay, but it was just a general switch of play. And then Reese mm. James just did something completely out of the ordinary. It was very much like when he scored the opener against Newcastle at St. James's Park. We yeah. was really struggling in that game to create anything. And then all of a sudden he takes one touch, brings it on his left foot, puts it in the top corner. And this Burnley goal was the same. We got him the ball and he just did something out of the ordinary. And then the game changes completely. And that's what we have been missing. Mm. I mean, we look at Rhys James went out injured from just before the new year. It was around just after Christmas, I remember. And he's been out quite some time. I didn't realise he's missed 16 games. Yeah, well, I that's I mad. Think, I didn't. That was mad. I didn't think when he got injured it was that serious. Yes, yeah, same. I thought it was going to be a. Oh, he'll be back in a in a few. Yeah, because because they sort of played it down, didn't they, afterwards mm. about the injury, and I thought it was going to be a you know sort of three, four, maybe five week. At yeah, max, but it, it hasn't. It's been months. It, that was literally one month after we lost Chilwell to pretty much the season. I mean, he went out injured from. November, back end of November, and he's missed 39 games so far. And, you know, say what you like. You could say, oh, we're not good enough for the title. Look how we've performed. No, look how we've performed without two of our key signings. You know, key signings, sorry. Key members of the team. One being, obviously, Chilwell, who was a key signing, and Reese James from, obviously, our academy. You know, we saw how Liverpool got affected last season without Van Dijk and other injuries when it just hit them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're not. If your best team isn't on the field for whatever reason, be it an injury or you, you get the idea, you're not going to be and, at your best. No, and I think more so, especially with James and Chilwell, because so many of our not only goals but creativity and assists come from them. It's had a knock-on effect to everyone else. Yeah, they're key I to how we play. Yeah, I don't think Lukaku would have gone through the spell that he has, even with the the you know, interview mm. fiasco. I don't think he would have gone through that spell had them two still been fit because they put the balls in the area that, that he he loves and thrives off. And mm. you can see his form just died when them two went out of the team. And it's the same with, with Havertz now. He's playing brilliantly. But if uh, against Burnley, if you take Reese James out, is he still scoring those goals? I'm not. I'm not so sure because it's such an important thing to to realise that a centre forward you can argue about moving, not moving, and all that. But regardless of whether they're constantly on the move or whether they're generally quite static, if people can't find them, it doesn't really make any difference. No, oh, no, exactly. It, I mean, we hopefully injuries are starting to you know, dissipate, we won't see too many. But, you know, when you've replaced Chilwell and Rhys James, with not in a disrespectful manner, but you've got, obviously, Alonso, sort of Saul, and obviously Azpilicueta, it's not the same. It's They're not no. going to provide the same. Um, it was, it, for me, it was a comfortable win, and I don't think we've seen that in so long. The last one was probably Norwich. Uh, funnily enough, we're going to be playing them again this week. So, yeah, but you're spot on with the half-time team talk. Tuckle would have brought out the hairdryer. He had to have, and, and he did. I mean, he changed the formation, gave those wing backs and the attackers more space, and it, it clearly worked. I mean, three quick goals and then Pulisic on the 69th minute, which, nice, nice. Uh, he got um, got pretty much sealed the win for us. Thiago Silva, though, 
I bring him up again, and I love bringing his name up because he again had an outstanding game. He saved us from going a goal down a couple of times in that first half. It could have easily been different if one of those goals had gone in and we were one nil down at half time. You know, 100%. we were we were two one down to Luton at half time. This isn't Luton, you know. Burnley are probably going to be a Championship club next season. Sorry, but they probably will be. But at the moment, they're a Premier League team with decent, decent players, and you never know. Our heads could drop. It's kind of one of those frustrating things, especially our club. We seem to notice yeah. a goal goes in, heads drop. Oh, well, is is it worth it now? We're going to lose, aren't we? And you think. Come on. And when you got Thiago Silva there, yes, he's doing the job. But I always like to believe that he's his voice makes everyone believe a little bit more. If he if it wasn't for him on the field, would we believe as much? I don't know what you think on it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can always notice when he isn't there. And not going a goal down in that game is so crucial when with how bad we was in the first half. And it was mainly down to him. I mean, most dangerous things that come in the box, he was the one on the end of it, clearing it away. And mm. I think it just reiterates what I said a couple of weeks ago, that I think he's been the main difference, that if you take him out this team, I think we've lost a lot more games than we have done. Mm. You know, it, people talk about we've we've lost the same amount of games as Man City, and we have. But I think if you look at... Even some of the draws that we've had, if you take Thiago Silva out, we'd probably lose those games. And that is the sign of an excellent world-class defender, that mm. he makes such a difference, not just to himself, but to others around him. Rudiger's always better. Chalabers come on at leaps and bounds this year, and that's mainly down to Silva as well, I think. I think even helping people like Mendy and Kepa, because they must feel more confident that they can have less to do when he's on the pitch in front of them because he deals with most things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going a goal down to Burnley would have been shocking mm. in terms of us wanting to win the game because, like you said, not only does it have a, an effect on us, but imagine the confidence they get from it. Yeah. And then they've got something to hold on to, which makes teams even harder to break down. So, Silver almost deserves as much credit for the win as the people who scored the goals. I mean, we can cast our minds back to November of last year when we drew 1-1 with them. So frustrating. We had 25 shots, four on target. It was one of them. But Burnley, you know, they've taken on the likes of West Ham during when West Ham were in good, good form in December, 0-0. This is all at Turf Moor, this is. Um, They went to Arsenal, 0-0. That was in January. Not quite Turf Moor, I know. Uh, Burnley had invited Man United in February, 1-1. I know it's Man United. They beat Spurs recently 1-0. And Liverpool only got one goal when they took on them. So it's it's not too easy there. But we always talk up how difficult a trip to Turf Moor is. Might be for other clubs. But for us, the last four Premier League trips to Burnley for Chelsea are 4-0 win, 3-0 win, 4-2 win, 4-0 win. Hmm. Not yeah, that difficult. It's not that difficult. We we seem. I'm always nervous. I'm like, oh, it's Burnley. Eh, okay. Maybe maybe we just sort of have got to that sort of stage where we don't realise it. It's not that difficult anymore. 
No, which is weird because I actually think they've probably got a better record against us at Stamford Bridge. Oh, I'm going to have to research that as I go on to the next point. And I will, we will come back to that. Um, but something I know many have missed. and uh, I haven't. No, no, no. Uh, but on social media and in punditry, I've not seen much mention of Saul. You know, he's looked quite <coughs> decent, you know. He's looked quite decent these last two games, even if they were against weaker opposition. But, you know, nothing special in those performances. But he looks a little bit less nervous, a less like, oh, you know, he, he looks like he's slowly coming into his game that we the player that we thought we were getting on loan. I, I don't know what you've seen from him. No, I agree. I think even before the last two games, so I think before the Luton game, he hadn't actually made an appearance for a while. Um, he might have made like a cameo appearance off the bench, but nothing significant in terms of game time. But before that, when he had a few appearances, we was talking about that he'd done a lot better. I think it's took him a long time to adapt to English football. Mm. but he, he has shown signs that he does have something to offer. I mean, against Luton, I thought he was really good breaking forward from midfield, attacking the box, which is something our other midfielders don't do, and we've brought that up numerous times about them always staying the goal side of, of our attackers. And Sal does like to attack the box. I thought against Burnley, he did well, actually, at left wing back. Got caught out a few times defensively, as you would expect. Mm. But I thought he had good delivery from the left-hand side. I thought he had good pass selection. I thought he he started to be one of the players who moves the ball a lot quicker than anyone else. It's always one and two touch with him. There was a moment where uh, it had come from Chalaber to Silva to Rudiger, and Rudiger played it onto Saul at left wing back. Now, Marcus Alonso there, I think, probably either plays the ball down the line or probably just goes back to Rudiger. Saul took one touch and then played the, the 60 yard switcher play. And it's those sort of things, that passing range, and he's got it off both feet, which I think is important as well. That It's a real asset to his game that he could show a lot more of. And now, I know there's been a lot of talk about we're not going to make his low move permanent, but I think it might be something to to look at because if people remember rightly, Kovacic didn't pull up any trees when he was on loan. That is true. And a lot of people was not happy when we signed him permanently. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's, I mean, almost everyone's in agreement that he's probably our best midfielder. So players can turn it around and Saul has certainly improved as the season's gone on. So there's nothing to say that he couldn't keep getting better. And for the money and with the uncertainty around the club, especially with terms of summer transfers, it might not be a bad option to look at. Yeah. Oh, it depends how much he costs. Cause I yeah. can't remember what the fee was. Was it a th- I, for some reason in my head, I've got 35 million, but I don't know if that's even close to being correct. Uh, I think I think that does sound about right. I think you probably might nego- might be able to negotiate that though. I think, especially because he hasn't been majorly successful. Mm. Um, we've played Burnley eight times away, uh, seven wins, one draw. So that's not bad. I mean, we seem no, to be amazing when we go there. When they come to us, obviously this season we drew against them. Uh, we drew against them again in 2019. We lost to them in 2017, and then obviously before then, it was League Division Two in the 80s. We did have a League Cup game though, where we invited them in 2008 to the to our stadium, and we lost. 
lost on penalties after a 1-1 draw. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's true. We're better going to their place than them coming to us. So, yeah. yeah next up's Newcastle. It's is another one where I'm, like, all difficult. But uh, he, when I say next up, they're coming up, obviously, this coming weekend. That is going to be a tough game. But we've got to look at Norwich. I'm, I'm confident because, bless them, Norwich look just gone. I mean, they already look like they're ready for the championship again. But... Yeah. Uh, we have to play second half against Burnley, though. We can't play first half. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who you take on, be it Norwich or someone from League Two, the National League. You can't play like we did in the first half. No, you can't. I just, I, it would be nice to see us put in a 90-minute performance because I don't think we have in a in a league game for a long time. Mm. Um, if you take out cup games where we always seem to be brilliant, which is an odd thing in itself. But yeah, yeah. In, in, in terms of Premier League games, I, I can't remember the last time we put in a good, solid 90-minute performance. Probably oh. Leicester away. Yeah. Oh, we always, what, mm, no, I was going to say Liverpool when we drew 2-2, two, two, but actually thinking about it, no, <laughs> that no, was very much too. Yeah, it's we'll we'll have to see. I mean, hopefully Norwich. It's going to be um, a relatively straightforward win. We hope. Um, to be fair, we're in the driving position for you know top four because the fact yeah. that two two games in hand over Man United and West Ham, uh, one game played more than Spurs, which will be equaled out tonight. But to be fair. Look, if Arsenal overtook us, I know it sounds negative. It wouldn't fact the top four is the priority. It's as simple as that. Top four, we need to get top four. That seems to be the target each season. It would be nice to go for the title. Who knows? Maybe next season, maybe. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens when we discuss fr- on Friday what happened against Norwich. Hopefully, a game of one game where we just were amazing for the whole ninety minutes. We'll, we hope. Uh, with that, though, we come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. If you don't already follow us, you can find us by searching for At At The Bridge Pod. We'll be back for that weekly catch-up with all of you on Friday evening. Uh, till then, that is us signing off.